Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. back on the road this week. We're actually back. I was here last week. We were in Arizona. We're in Gilbert, Arizona. And uh, we were here. I was here last week. You were home. And now Richard's joined for... Our... I, I don't, don't say it. Don't say it because I want to set a dramatic tone here today. So here we are in, in, uh, in Arizona with our oldest daughter. And last night, our, our second oldest daughter... Last night, this daughter of ours was in the closet, just crying, just bawling, just just at her wits end, just so sad, so so overwhelmed with with grief. What do you think was the cause of that? Oh my goodness, she's in mourning because her second child in two years is leaving home to go to college. <laughs> and uh, they still have three left. It doesn't matter. She is so sad because it's been such a great ride. I, I know some parents, she said, they have um, a cousin who's also graduating. And uh, that mother is saying, I am so ready. She is so ready. This is so great. Goodbye. We're both going to have a great year next year. But that is not exactly the way Shawnee feels. Well, you know, it depends on the personality of the mom, I think. But uh, Shawnee is a person who just, you know, couldn't wait to be a mom as a little girl. And that's all she ever wanted to do. Well, it's not all she wanted to do. She's done a lot with her life. But that was always at the core of her identity and of her being. And for her having a child leave home to go away to college or on a mission and whatever, I think is the most traumatic experience imaginable. And so <clears throat> that's the reason. That's the answer to the dramatic question. That's why she was in the closet last night just bawling, bawling, bawling. And so we wanted to talk today a little and just kind of share some thoughts and and feelings and questions maybe as well on the whole idea of transitions. And nothing's a much bigger transition than graduation. We actually had more than one graduation. We kind of got our money's worth. We're just here for two days, but our little Claire graduated from the sixth grade. Now that's not that's a transition for the kid, but not so much for the parents. They oh. just go off to another school. Well, there's so many graduations. We have joy school graduations coming out our ears, people sending in fun things that they're doing with their little preschoolers. And then we have, you know, kindergarten graduation. It just, it goes on and on and on. But it really is, there are transitions in life, and, you know, there's just a lot of them. And it's, it's so funny as we observe parents around the world on these transitions because one, one extreme end of the spectrum is Shawnee. Just, oh, no, why do things have to change? Why do these kids have to grow up? Why can't they just stay here? Why can't they just be my kids forever? Oh, woe is me. And, again, I admire Shawnee for that. I mean, it, all it does is <clears throat> dramatically demonstrate the depth of her, her love and devotion to her, to her kids. But then you've got the other end of the spectrum who are like, move on, let's move on. This is great. We can have more freedom now. One more kid out the door. We're a little closer to our goal of getting them all out the door. <laughs> I do have to say that when we sent our number nine off, um, we were really excited. 
And uh, she knows that, and she's a little bit mad about it. But, it, you know, the first one is you're so apprehensive. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how they're going to handle life and so on. And then um, in our case, we were really, really lucky. They handled it well, and they've done really well. But if they, you know, if they don't, then that's another whole situation. Well, and I, I guess the, the theme today of, of not only graduations but transitions of any kind it's an interesting topic for families because all families this time of year in late May are having a, a kind of a transition. It's the transition from school year into summertime, except for where they have year-round schools. For most, for most people, this is a real time of transition, just a yearly one that comes along every May. And how do we, and it, it's not a, it's, I don't mean to minimize it because Think of the daily lifestyle change between, you know, one week when your kids get up every day and you send them off to school and then they get out of school and the next week, what do we do with them? What what do they do? Do they have a structured program? Do we let them relax a little? Do we hang out more as a family? Do we take our family vacation? I mean, that's a big transition and it happens every year. Well, I think that one of the biggest transitions is for mothers when they send their last child off. Um, I mean, it's not as happy for a lot of my friends who sent their last child off. We did have nine, so by the time we got Well, that's there, what I'm saying, though. I mean, there, there's little, tra- I mean, what we'd right. say a little transition, which happens every year with the changing of the season. or the, And then there's the big one when you send a child off to, to college. And then there's the really big one when you send your last child off and you become an empty nest parent. And there's a whole syndrome of empty nest parenting and empty nest mothering, which is a midlife crisis for a lot of moms, frankly. it is. We have a daughter who was married last year, and her husband's mother had been mothering, just hovering and doing such a great job with her her kids for so many years, and suddenly she was without a job. I mean, she thought that. I'm sure she's changing right now because... When they leave, it certainly doesn't end. It we keep saying just getting gets bigger and more expensive, and um, it, and more exciting in a lot of ways because a lot of things happen. They become who they are. I I love sending them off because then finally they figure out themselves. You know, they they don't have you to rely on all the time. They figure out who they are. And um, but it is well, a whole huge transition for the mother. Yeah, we were at the at the uh, at LA, our daughter granddaughter's graduation ceremony. A big high school, five thousand kids in this high school, and so the graduation ceremony is out in the middle of the football field. And uh, one of the things that uh, you know kept getting stressed by the student speakers. There were four or five student speakers, and they were all sort of relishing. They all had kind of the same thing. For the first time in our lives, we're going to be, it's going to be up to us when we get up in the morning. It's going to be up to us how much we study. It's going to be up to us what we do with our time and so on. And this this great excitement. And I'm looking around the stands and some of the moms have this look on their face like, and the dads too, like, (laughs) yeah, that's exactly what scares us. You're going to be making those decisions for yourself, and we don't know if you're ready for it, and we don't know if we're ready to not do it for you. Yeah. (laughs) And so you're going to have some of these kids are going to get a call from their mom every single day. And that's part of the issue is when you do have a transition and a child leaves for for college or whatever, 
do you how how what's your strategy as a parent? Do you back off completely, or do you do you call them every day and make sure they're okay and whether they're making the right choices, or do you find some happy medium? Uh, that's something parents should actually think about because if you drift too far to one end of the spectrum or the other, I mean, if you're really a helicopter parent, even though there's a distance there, you may drive the kid nuts, and you may you may subliminally be saying to the kid, I just don't think you can handle this without me. And you may be doing it for your own ego, but it may affect the child. On the other hand, if you're like, whew, they're gone. See you at Christmas. Hope you have a good time. Then you may send the message to your child that uh, we really don't care that much about you after all. We just had to do our duty till you were out of here. Well, you know, it's something you have to figure out. It's so personal about what your relationship is going to be after your child leaves. But it does take some thought and some conversation, I think. Um, it really is interesting because I the other day I was at a daughter-in-law's, and we, we now are down the road a long way. Um, we have all of our kids have left home, and uh, we have 28, our 28 grandchilds on the way. And uh, it really is interesting because I was sitting with a daughter-in-law, and um, whose mother is really dependent, kind of dependent on her. This mother is fabulous. She just takes care of so many kids now that they've left because they have needs as they go and, and they are flexible so they can go help. And she said, how often do you call your kid? How often do you call your daughters? And um, I said, well, how often do you talk to your mother? And she said, oh, I talk to her almost every day. I talk to my sister almost every day and my mother maybe once a week or twice a week with a max. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, I am so dependent on the internet and and social media and Instagram and so on to keep in touch with my kids because they're good about doing that and I feel like I know what's going on in their lives and through blogs or whatever. And we rarely call our kids. And well, I call them more than you do. I, I think I think it's a call is better than a than an email or whatever. But you're right, Linda. It is a it's an individual thing and it and it's a balancing thing. I mean, that, I think that's the most healthy way to think about it with a child who's leaving. Can you balance the 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 graceful acquiescence of their independence to them and the confidence that shows in their ability to handle themselves and make daily decisions and so on? Can you balance that with the fact that you're still their parent and that they uh, still rely on you in many ways and that you still know a lot more than they do and would like to offer them input on a lot of things? Can you find a balance between those two? And I think it's a little different balance for uh, for every person, don't you think? I do. And sometimes grandparents, because we're in, in this grandparent era, and often um, they're great souls who are serving missions for the church as they get older, when their kids the are gone, the grandparents yeah. are. So there, we have um, one uh, daughter-in-law whose parents are with home serial missionaries. They just keep going back, and they've been back to Brazil three times, and they're doing so much good. And another in-laws, um, uh, grandparents, parents are in Ghana doing some service for six months, uh, maybe it's a year. But anyway. So you keep so, gravitating to grandparents, honey, because that's where you are instead of talking about the parents' transition. But it's good. it is the grandparents' 
transition to it. Yeah, of course. It just goes on and on and on. There are lots and lots of transitions. We did talk to somebody on a cruise once who um, were going on mission after mission, and then they started telling us about their family, and we realized they were going to get away from their family because their family had so many issues. And uh, there's that, too. I mean, there are just so many things to consider in transitions as we get to this graduation time of year. So we're going to kind of wrap up this introductory portion, and then after we take a little break, we want to we focus on the attitude that is best for parents to have as they enter into these transitions. And again, the transition could be something as major as a child graduating from high school and moving into a more independent life to something as repetitive and regular as the end of a school year. How do you view transitions? Are you a person who's like, oh, why do things have to change? Just when I was in a good groove, now we got to do a different thing. Just when I thought I really become a capable parent, now this child is leaving, or I'm actually not quite a capable parent yet, and now my time's run out with this child. In other words, what is the best way, generally speaking, acknowledging that everyone's different and that not everyone's like our daughter Shani who cries, cries, cries to have anyone leave the, the nest. Uh, but but how is there an attitude that we can sort of instill in ourselves that makes these transitions more positive and less negative? So let's take a brief break and then we'll be right back on Hires on the Road. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. And we're talking about graduations and transitions. And Linda actually slipped out for a minute to see if she can find Shawnee, who we've been talking about, our daughter, in the opening part of the show, and see if she'll come on with us for a few minutes. And uh, I don't know. She may not. You couldn't find her. Any. Shower. Well, and she she may she may have thought that she's um, you know a little bit too teary a little bit because <laughs> just keep in mind this has just happened. I mean, this is just the reality of this daughter's graduation has just hit her. But uh, we'll get Shawnee on another time. A lot of you follow Shawnee's blog, a blog called Seventy One Toes dot com. And a lot of you probably know about that because she has about 2 million followers. But uh, check it out. if you. I mean, I'll bet you anything you want to know about uh, a child graduating and moving on is going to be right there on 71toes.com right away. Well, um, she um, actually has done this blog for a lot of years, and we can't go anywhere. When people don't say, oh, I follow, I follow your daughter's blog. She really is doing so well, and we're so proud of her because the kids are included, and it's just a normal family life um, with some pizzazz, and it really is fun to have people say, we love your daughter's blog. So 71 toes, by the way, their fifth child had an extra toe that had to be removed. So for a couple of days, they had 71 toes in their family, but I... I just want to get back to the theme, Linda. So um, 
I'm going to make a little comment here, and then you can correct me or disagree or whatever you want to do. But I think I think it actually makes sense as a parent to to think ahead about transitions that are coming up, not only so you can plan for them and be ready for them and, you know, logistically ready and, and so on, but also so you can have the right attitude because, let's face it, we live in a world where transitions are a way of life. And if we're not sending a child off who's just graduated from from high school or or if we're not moving to a new location for our jobs or our work or whatever, if we're not doing one of those big transitions, we're almost always involved in some kind of new thing or new approach or new position or new church calling or or new uh, residence, uh, new phase in a child's life. A child is something as, as basic as a child entering puberty or another child who, uh, for the first time, gets interested in a sport and is, is at school an extra three hours. I mean, I think the attitude to have is that that's what life is, is transitions. And that's good. That's all growth begins with transitions. There is no growth in, in staleness, in, in routine, in things never changing. And I think sort of having that attitude causes us to get ready and to really make the most of these transitions. And I'm not criticizing Shawnee. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a mother's heart being broken by a child who is moving on and how much she's going to miss that child, how much she's going to miss those friends and so on. That's a mother. That's a, that's the heart of a mother. That's the heart of a father. But I'm just saying that that balance will come a lot easier if we sort of prepare ourselves with an attitude of growth. Transition is growth. It's growth for me. It's growth for the child. Well, think back about, for those of you who are older, when you left for uh, college and the difference it made in your life, or when you were a missionary and, and totally transitioned. But it just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? I mean, in our family, it's just... Uh, last week, we were talking about this open-heart surgery on a little two-year-old. That's a, a total transition for her, not only for that little two-year-old who's going to have a healthy family. heart yeah. of, her, of her life, but for the whole family. And, uh, it, you know, they've worried about this so much, and then finally this is going to be resolved. I mean, she's got a six-week recovery, but it's just amazing that they're now starting on a new thought about this child because they've been worried about her for two years, not getting enough oxygen to her muscles and her brain and so on, and now she's going on, so it's a transition. So if you think back on the transitions in your life, didn't you learn the most from your transitions and weren't the hardest ones, sometimes the very best ones, because you learn so much from it. I I love transitions. I think they're so interesting, but not actually well I'm in it always. Well, I think what gets in our way sometimes as parents and as grandparents to some degree is that we we sort of fall in love with our lives just the way they are. And or alternatively, here's another interesting take on it. Sometimes the other problem we have is we find ourselves living in the past or living in the future too much. And, and I think that's a danger on a transition. Like, 
you know, if your child is graduating and leaving, you're like, oh, man, I'm going to miss these days. I, I love it the way it was. So you're living a little in the past. Or you're thinking um, sometimes when you have a really difficult month or or situation or year or whatever, you're like, I'll be so glad when this is over. Maybe the easiest way to illustrate that is like the first thing that happens to parents, they'll have a little baby and they're like, oh, my gosh, when am I going to get out of this baby stage? When is this kid going to be able to walk so that I don't have to lug him around everywhere I ever go? I can't stand it any longer. And then, you know, as always happens, the kid suddenly is walking and, and the parent is like, oh, it was so great when this little kid would just sit in one place. Now I, I can't keep up with him. He's tearing up the house. I don't know where he is. It was so nice when he couldn't walk. And if we're not careful, we live our whole lives in this series of wasn't it great when or won't it be wonderful when, and we forget that the only time we ever truly experience is the present. You know, we have our youngest daughter is expecting a baby in July, her first baby. She just got married. She got married later. She was 28 and is now 30, just turning 30. And uh, Not quite 30, but she'll well, be 30 about just before her baby comes. Yeah. So anyway, um, she is so funny because she was like, oh, if I only had a job in my dreams, oh, I don't like this job so much. And um, I, well, I just need, I, this would make me happy this way. The other day, uh, and then finally she found the guy of her dreams and then he left her twice. <laughs> and so then that was a horrible transition both times. And we can we can kind of feel about it now because he, he ended up coming back and they, they're their one and only and they're so happy. Um, but now if I could just get pregnant, if only I could just get pregnant. And so now she's pregnant and she is so happy. But, and to her credit, she's not longing for the old days of freedom. You know? No, so she's, she's a not. positive illustration of, of what I'm saying. But... When this baby comes, she is going to be longing for sleep. Like, why didn't I enjoy every night I could just sleep? I could go to sleep and wake up when I needed to wake up. And uh, it really is so interesting how we go through these transitions. Everybody does, no matter what, what the transition is in our life. So I'm actually going to go and be with her in London. She's, they're living right in central London. Now, so I'm going for 13 days in July, and I just can't wait to see how she deals with labor and delivery, which she's determined is going to be fabulous. And natural, with no anesthesia. And And then... um, With a midwife and a doula. Right. And then we're just so excited to see how she deals with this new baby, although... She'll be wonderful. She'll be great. But it's a huge transition. Linda, part of you, a part of you is like, oh, now you're going to get yours. <laughs> a part of you wants to see her struggle. Oh, no, no, no. No, I never want to see my struggle struggle. But when they are struggling, I just keep thinking, this, this is going to be good. In the long run, this is going to be good. Well, I remember way, way back when, when this whole thought, which is not a new thought by any means to most listeners, of living in the present and enjoying the moment and enjoying the transition and relishing, relishing the changes in life. I remember the first time that really dawned on me, I was reading the poet Khalil Gibran and I read these words, um, yesterday is but a dream and tomorrow 
only a vision, but today, well lived, can make every yesterday a dream of joy and every tomorrow a vision of hope. And I thought, oh, that is so profound. You got to live in the moment. You got to be mindful. You got to appreciate the day. And, you know, when we think of that, we usually think about, you know, stopping to smell the roses and appreciating the, uh, the, the little momentary things. But it also means relish the transitions because just plan on transit. You have little transitions every day. You have big ones, bigger ones as the seasons change or the grade of our children changes or a job changes. You have even bigger ones if you happen to move or if the child leaves home. Uh, but they're all they're all the same in the sense that if we relish them, they become growth. You know, honey, you're getting better at uh, following your own advice because you used to have a really hard time with little transitions like this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing today, and then oh, sorry, we can't do that. We got to do it a different way because so and so's doing this, so and so's doing this. Like, Are you what? saying I was a what? control freak? Well. No, you're the one that said it. But it really is interesting because as you're growing older, you're getting a little more flexible. I love that. It's like, okay, all right, we'll just go in a different direction. It took me a long time to get you turned around on a lot of those things. Well, you taught me me the wonderful concept of serendipity. And since then, I've tried to teach it to, like, pretty much the whole world. No, no, I think you taught that to me. But anyway... We just want you to consider your transitions and, and, and be mindful about it. I, mindful is a big cat word right now, but I do think we need to be mindful about where we are in life and the transitions that we're going through and um, learn from and, them. Yeah, and it doesn't mean bottle up your emotions. I just want to be sure I'm yeah. not conveying that because I started off with Shawnee crying in the closet. It's uh, The emotions are uh, wonderful. Embrace the emotions of the transition. They're, they're natural. It's, it's natural to fear transition. It's natural to be excited about transition and everything in between. So embrace it all. So um, we hope you have a great week in whatever transition that you're in, and we'll look forward to being with you again next time on Eyes on the Road. We sure love you all and have a great week. <laughs>